to down to down to yeah, miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. Not in your vocabulary. Down to down. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. With me today, I've got my good friend Alex Spears on the line. Alex, what's up? Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. So we haven't had a chance to talk about the draft. We had Fred Katz on last week, so we didn't even get to preview the draft. I uh, just wanted to get your quick take on what the Thunder did last Thursday night. What are your thoughts? Well, we had a uh, we had a Twitter question from uh, at Jess Purple saying, is there anything Thunder fans have to look forward to at Summer League? I would argue that what the Thunder did in the draft made me super excited for Summer League because now there's going to be more players that I know on the court yeah, instead of just random guys who are training camp invites. Mm-hmm. So... I, I just I, I'm just excited because originally it was just going to be oh well we'll get to see Terrence Ferguson and get to see what he does but now we'll get to see him with players that theoretically could one day play for the Thunder and actually have a shot so I'm excited about it just for that reason I have no idea about any of these guys <laughs> I mean I, I had heard you talk about Hamadou Diallo and so uh, I was kind of excited that they just made a move outside of just taking those last two picks yeah um. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped for summer league now. It's going to be in Vegas, no more in Orlando. Yeah, and especially the Vegas feed. If you're not it in is. Vegas, it's so bad. The Orlando feed was so bad. Yeah, but the, it was the Vegas feed looks like a game that you would watch on TV. Yeah, Orlando looked like it was in a middle school gym. It really does. It was so bad, and so and that was the only one that the Thunder had ever participated in. And so, right, it is nice that they'll be in Vegas, and you'll actually be able to watch a real basketball game now. Uh, But yeah, all the guys they drafted are have some intrigue. Like Devin Hall can shoot it and we don't know if he can defend at the NBA level yet, but he's interesting because he can shoot the basketball. And then you have Kevin Hervey who has like all the measurables of a guy that you would like, you know, he's that tweener six, seven, six, eight wing. That's got the, seven foot plus wingspan that can kind of score all around and rebounds well. Uh, But he's had ACL surgeries on both knees. Uh, That's basically why he fell so far. Uh, And then you have Diallo who's young and athletic and that's really about it. So all of them have (laughs) intrigue and clearly still Ferguson is what you'd be most excited about just to see, because he's the guy if you're, you're looking at anyone that's going to play in summer league that will be in the rotation next year i think you're looking at ferguson and you just want to see what what does his progression look like um, going from a 19 year old to a 20 year old nba player and playing with an nba team for a full year i see how much better is he now and so it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to see what that looks like 
Yeah, I'm excited. And I like the idea that Hervey had those two ACL surgeries. I know that sounds dumb, but uh, I like when there's a legitimate reason why someone fell. And so like when you read all the things about him, everyone says, well, if he didn't have those injuries, he would have been taken a lot higher. So it, it, for some reason that gets me excited because it makes me feel like we got a better player than we should have. And I feel like those are the types of guys you should take a risk on at the end of the second round. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah people are saying that he was kind of, he stuck out at the draft combine and that people are like, Oh, well, this guy's pretty interesting, but how interesting was he? He went 57. So apparently right. NBA teams were not <laughs> quite that interested in him, but, I, w- I wonder how much younger Terrence Ferguson is than like most of the draft picks this year. I mean, he's younger than both the guys that Thunder took. He's not younger than Diallo, but he's younger than the other two guys. And yeah. Then, I mean, he'd probably be middle of the pack, I would guess, because uh, he's he just turned 20. There's quite a there's a lot of guys that are 20, 22. I think he's just like a few days older than Mobamba. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Five days older. So it's, he, he's still crazy young, has a lot of upside, uh, but there's, he, he has a lot to prove. All of these guys do. So it'll be, I think summer league will be fun to see. Cause we don't really know what's going to happen. Is Terrence Ferguson going to handle the ball in summer league? I have no idea. Maybe he does. Uh, we have there's a lot of spot up shooting now. I mean, we know for sure Diallo's not going to handle the ball. That he's going to be a three and D type guy. And what does he look like in summer league? I wouldn't expect a lot out of him, even if he if he does play, because the trade can't be finalized until July sixth. And so it's still a question mark whether or not he's going to be playing for the summer league team. But I think we're bearing the lead here with uh, Paul George and his. Sports Center six minute video thing that he did. Um, we're going to part kinda, one. Part one. We're going to do a deep dive into it. Uh, we're going to. What can we get from this? Are there any clues here? Are there supposed to be clues? Like, what <laughs> is this thing, uh, Alex? I'll I'll give it to you right now. Well, the more I've thought about it. Because I, I spent a lot of time last night on the subreddits for the Lakers and the Thunder fans. And what was really funny is that in both cases, on both fan bases, the top rated comment on the post about the ESPN doc mm-hmm. was was like, oh, man, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, for both teams. Now, the Lakers the- feel the same way because I've been on the Lakers subreddit before. And they're just like irrationally confident about everything, typically. So so that was most of the comments, like if you went further down. But the top comment was like a recap of the uh, of the show. And then the very first comment that everyone was upvoting was like, man, this just doesn't sound good for us. I really think he's going to OKC. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, like they're doing a they did a good job. Yeah, because they put enough in there for both teams to both feel good and feel bad. So like on the Lakers side, so the dumbest thing I kept seeing on the Lakers comments was, oh man, uh, Magic and Palinka are in like the first minute. Like that's got to mean something. <laughs> and then they would keep doing the eyes emoji. Yeah. I mean, apparently none of these 15 year olds on Reddit realized that that was Sam Presti talking to Rob Palinka. Right. 
right there <laughs> also in the first minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were very excited about that. And then there was a, the photo of Paul George as a YMCA junior Laker that they purposely zoomed in on. Yeah. When, when we were in his uh, dad's very sweet man cave in his garage. <laughs> I really liked that. Uh, I felt bad that it, he, it, it was definitely his garage because you could see the garage door oh, in the top of the frame. There was way too much light in there. Too much natural light for it not to be a garage. Yeah. They, they got to give him a, a real man cave inside. He deserves it. You've got to. That, that's why Paul George is going to sign the five-year deal so he can get his dad a real man cave. <laughs> um, then uh, PG's dad is wearing I could never see what the hat said on the front but it said Los Angeles on the side mm-hmm. so I have a feeling his dad's probably really into the idea of him coming to LA um, but then on the OKC side you know now you have uh, his sister talking about how welcoming OKC was how they brought out the red carpet for them flew their whole family out um, there was the kid in, in PG's house openly wearing a Thunder shirt. Right. Did you notice that? I yeah. did. Yes. You didn't see any Lakers shirts in there, but there was that one kid just playing video games by himself <laughs> wearing a Thunder shirt. It's a good sign. So, it's what we're all waiting oh, for. Oh, oh, it's a great sign, Andrew. <laughs> it's a great sign. <laughs> um, the, the funny one, this is just shows you like how they edit these things. So there was a quote from PG that's getting a lot of play about like how he didn't like how the season ended. Yeah. Um, and it like stuck with them. And they paired that quote with a video of the final buzzer from game six. But then it, they followed it with a clip of PG dropping to his knees under the basket, mm-hmm. making it seem like that was his reaction when the Thunder lost. But that clip was from like way earlier in the game when he had just gotten a hard foul. Yeah. And so like, they, you know, they're editing it to make it. They make they want you to believe both sides because they want you to keep watching. Obviously, if it was so obvious in the first episode that he was going to L.A., people, I mean, people would still watch, but people wouldn't be as excited by it. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a reality show. They're creating a reality show, mm-hmm. and I've watched my wife watch a lot of reality shows, so I <laughs> I understand what's going on here. They're editing it so that we all feel like there's a chance and also like there's no chance. Yeah. I mean, as the quote about, and you tweeted the, you tweeted a screenshot of the quote about, he feels like he has unfinished business or the things didn't end like he wanted them to. And right. within that one quote, people are like, well, he's clearly coming back because he's got unfinished business here. And they're like, well, wait a minute. It says that he, I don't remember what the quote was, but it was something to the effect of it weighs, it will weigh heavy on me that it didn't end well. (laughs) Right. It's like, well, he's clearly gone. It's just going to weigh heavy on him for the rest of his life. They were like breaking down the grammar. And it's just like, Like, oh, this is past, this is past tense. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think that, I mean, there's some good things in favor of the Thunder if you're like really looking for them. Uh, but I just don't think that we really know. I, I don't. I don't know what you weigh more heavily, like the the strange clues that we see in this video, or like the reports that we hear that he really is considering the thunder. Like, what do you weigh more heavily? I, I don't know what to believe at this point. Like, if you want more, so I feel like every week we just do updates on uh, Paul George rumors. But so there were two more things this week. One is that. 
Paul George and Russ will be fishing together on August 4th at a celebrity fishing tournament in Los right. Angeles County for the Paul George Foundation. Mm-hmm. So that, that came out. And then uh, yesterday on the Low Post, Kevin Arnovitz said there is rational optimism that PG is staying in OKC. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, so, yeah, I, I still think I'm still working under the assumption he's going to L.A. Um, is that this, self-preservation or what is that for you? No, I, I, I do believe that. And honestly, watching that thing last night, it's clear that like family is important to him mm-hmm. and that he has a really big family and his you know, parents now have grandchildren and I don't know. I just think the pull of being able to be a rich celebrity in LA and have your kids grow up around your family is really appealing, like totally separate from basketball. Yeah. Um, I think if I was in that situation, it's this decision I would make. And so maybe I'm projecting onto Paul George. Um, but I, I would not be surprised in the least. I, I think that it would be a huge upset if he came back to OKC. Obviously, it would be great, and I'd be very excited. And I would tweet at Lakers uh, fans all day and go on Reddit and harass them. But um, I don't, right now, I still think he's leaving. And you think LeBron's going with him? I do, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you've thought a lot about this, obviously, if you're in mm-hmm. that camp. What a... What is your thoughts on what OKC does if Paul doesn't come back? I don't know. Did you listen to Low Post? Yeah, I did. They just talked about the Thunder money problems. Is really all they talked about. Right. Yeah, it scared me more. <laughs> I'm more scared now. I don't know. Um, I, every here's my thing about the money problems. Like everybody just talks about the money and really cares so much about it whenever it has nothing to do with them or the way that these teams have to operate. I mean, the Thunder have saved money year after year after year. And I don't, I mean, Sam Presti has indicated nothing but that if Paul George comes back, this team is going to be really expensive. And they know that. If he doesn't come back, I think that they will try to duck the luxury tax and that things that they will trade some players for, for nothing basically. Um, But if he does come back, I think that they'll, they'll just be expensive. I guess the thing that seems more realistic than it did to me like a few weeks ago is the idea of stretching mellow. I just never thought that was a real option, but you know, listening to the low posts and them talking about how, depending on whether Paul George comes back or not, like it could potentially be like a 40 to $50 million savings this, this next year yeah. just from stretching mellow. That's a ton of money. And I don't know if they do it, but I, I would certainly understand it because it's true. Like if Paul George comes back, they're looking at possibly the biggest payroll in NBA history like previously held by I think Cleveland last year in terms of like their total payroll and the tax paid on it. Right. And that would, I mean that coming from Oklahoma city would be amazing. Like it's, that's just crazy. So maybe it'll happen, but it does seem kind of far fetched. I mean, we've seen much, well, you know, we saw Miami try to save money when LeBron was there. 
So the idea yeah. that uh, Oklahoma City all of a sudden is just going to decide to be like the richest team in NBA history does seem a little far-fetched, but I don't know. Maybe they do have all the money saved up. Yeah, I know they have, and I know that this ownership group is really motivated. They're not just like, well, uh, well I don't know. We really need to save. Like they are like, if you want to know like where, like why did they trade for Carmelo Anthony? Like, Look no further than the ownership group. I mean, they they wanted to go get somebody else. They were not satisfied once they got Paul George. They wanted to do something else. They wanted to make a bigger splash. And they knew going into it what the commitment was. The the two years. I mean, the Thunder aren't under any impression that like Melo would opt out. I mean, they're not dumb. They know that he was going to do this. And they know the projections. And they know... Well, if we can retain Paul George, here's what happens. And they signed off on all of it. And so I don't I don't have any trepidation over what the ownership group wants to do. I mean everybody everybody likes to freak out about that stuff, but the Thunder ownership group is motivated to win. And if they can retain Paul George, they're gonna do what it takes to win. Whether that is retain Melo, trade him, whatever it is. I I to me just let the contract expire rather than stretch him. You want a cap hit of whatever, like $10 million-ish on the cap for the next three years after this that is just going into nothing? Or do you just want one massive cap relief after the season? I, I just don't even understand stretching a expiring contract. If you got a couple years left, right. then I'm like, uh, okay, well, let's, I think that's something worth exploring. But with one year left, just let the thing just expire if you're that worried about money. and then, Or you can try to trade them at the deadline. There's a lot of teams that are going to want to get off of money for 2019. And maybe you can take, you know, trade them to Atlanta or to Brooklyn or somebody and take back less. Um, so I just, I don't know. I'm. I don't. I'm not that concerned about money or luxury tax and things like that. Those are those are things for the owners to worry about. Fans worry about it far too much. Um, I was listening to the Dream Team podcast. It seemed like you all were a little more open to the idea of Melo just coming back, yeah. which seemed like untenable a month ago. It seemed like that would never happen. So, like, what changed for you, and how do you think it would actually it could actually work? Like, it seems. Not that their relationship is broken, but it just seems like there's such a divide between what Mello wants and what the Thunder wants. There's obviously a lot of ifs that go into it. I just think the Thunder's position as of today is that the Thunder are very optimistic about retaining Paul. And then they know the relationship that Mello has with those guys. And I just think that tempers were running hot after that Utah loss. And... That was the first time we've ever heard any sort of discontentment with Mello. And so I think the Thunder's position is that, hey, let's let's try this again. Let's see what we can do. And let's try it again with Mello. I don't I don't think that they're ready to just completely give up on him. But if things I mean, there's a lot of time between now and September and October for training camp. I just think that they look at the situation and think, hey, if Mello can just hit more shots next year, like, well, it'll be a better situation. And maybe if he can go through a summer and kind of accept where he is in his career, 
Not that he, I, I think he'd play the exact same role. He'd just play less minutes. Uh, and so I just think that the Thunder know that as optimistic as they are about keeping Paul, if they can keep this mellow situation good and he can evolve a little bit, that's probably the best case scenario. Cause via trade, you're probably not getting a whole lot back and then stretching or waving or getting a buyout, you lose talent for nothing, you know? And right. I just don't feel like the thunder are in the best position to lose talent for nothing just because we saw the depth that when Robertson went down wasn't there. And so they don't want to lose depth. If they feel like they can keep Paul George, they don't want to lose depth. Now, if they could do a deal like I've discussed with Miami, I think that they would want to do that. Uh, but at the same time, I, th- I still think that keeping mellow, seeing if he can adapt, and then having that cap relief after the season is probably more attractive than having two players from Miami that have still two or three years left after this. Um, can I tell you one of my other, what I thought was actually the most interesting part of the Paul George thing? Yeah. yeah. Is, is nothing to do with the thunder. Okay. Uh, so it was the whole section on Indiana. So yeah. I just thought this was a really interesting example of how different players view their teammates versus like from outsiders. Mm -hmm. So Paul George was talking about how, you know, when he got drafted by the Pacers, his plan all along was to retire a Pacer, but then things started to change. And then it cuts to his agent talking about how they got rid of Danny Granger and then David West left and then Roy Hibbert left and then Lance Stevenson left. And you could tell that like Paul George really liked those guys. I mean, he went to war with those guys. They were his, brothers for you know however long like five Mm -hmm. or six years and they they played in a lot of playoffs together um but for me like thinking about those players now i mean like after danny granger left indiana he played 32 more games in the league yeah david west at the time he left was 34 i didn't realize he's 37 now roy hibbert was out of the league by 30 with no major injuries and then Lance Stevenson has played for six teams since leaving Indiana and is wow. a free agent again. Mm-hmm. So like none of these guys, like, like it was clear that Indiana made the right decision for them moving on from all of those guys. But Paul George took it in a totally different way because he had so much, you know, experience and personal re- relationships with those guys. And then uh, did you see PG commented on the, there was an Instagram story about Indiana declining Lance's option. Yep. And Paul George commented on it and then put hashtag Pacer legend like it's it's just it was just interesting for me to seeing how uh, teammates perceive this kind of stuff versus fans because I look at all those moves and I'm like, yeah, Indiana was totally right to get rid of all those guys. Clearly, it bothered Paul George. Yeah. And I think the most telling part about that whole Pacers thing was that he didn't feel involved and that when he came back from his injury, he really didn't know what was going on as far as like team direction and things like that. And he said he just didn't feel involved with what was happening. And certainly that's something the Thunder have been good at is with their stars. They're very involved in what's happening and they know the direction. They know what, what's on the table, what could happen. Things like that are always run by the stars with OKC. And so the Thunder aren't making that mistake that Indiana made where they're just doing things behind the scenes and things just randomly happen. I mean, I think that they have very much involved Paul 
and even Mello and had an open dialogue with both of them throughout this whole process. And a few times in that, in the, in part one, he mentioned front office. And I know some people will probably think, Oh, that's a great thing for the Lakers because Sam Presti traded James Harden and, you know, Kevin Durant left. And that's probably a great thing for the Lakers that the Thunder front office sucks. Well, that's just really not the case. And I don't, I don't get, you know, I've never heard anything but respect from the players about Sam and about the front office there. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that it means that for sure he's coming back, but I do think it's a good thing because this front office does communicate well with the players and I do think that they do whatever they can to maximize the assets that they have. And have things always gone perfectly? Absolutely not. But it's pretty rare that things do. And so that's something the Thunder have going for them is that the ownership and that the front office are aligned and they communicate with their players. And so I think that's something that Paul probably likes. Um, before we move on from the ESPN thing, can I give you... a? Uh, my conspiracy theory read. Yes, please. Uh, So this is in the style of, uh, have you ever seen the movie Room 237? Do you know what that is? Uh, No. It's a movie about The Shining. Okay. And it's about, uh, it is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. (laughs) I hated it. I hated it so much. It's just people making up their ideas about what that movie is really about. Okay. (laughs) So they'll like show a little can of like tomato sauce that has an Indian on it. And they're like, this is all a metaphor of like how we took the land from the Indians. That's what the whole movie's about. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's terrible. Guess who likes it? Luke Stevens, because he's an idiot. Wow. The big dumb idiot. Uh, But anyway, this is this is my take on that. Uh, Okay. So my, my theory is all based around the color red, Andrew. Okay. Okay. In the first scene, we see Paul George working out wearing red shoes. Hmm. In the next scene, we see Sam Presti wearing a red shirt talking to Rob Palenka. Hmm. Then we go to the scene of the family household. Girlfriend, red shirt. Daughter, red bow. Dad, red shirt. Two little kids on the ground, red shirts ping pong paddle that paul george is using what color is it red now what do you think all this red means andrew the lakers colors aren't red but you know what is red andrew hmm those beautiful oklahoma sunsets you know what i'm talking about once you see an oklahoma sunset you cannot turn your back andrew the way the red dirt hits off the setting sun to turn the sky red sky as big as a saucer he is coming back andrew <laughs> thanks b for red wow that's a good one yeah i think you're right that's another way you can read into it yeah i think you're totally right Uh, i just don't think there's going to be any huge tell because a lot of people are just like ah well the fact that they're doing this at all just shows that he's not coming back and then things happen and the first one like well he's definitely coming back because i heard him say this or i heard him say that or this was in there and that was in there like no one knows. I mean, that's just the fact that nobody knows. I mean, you ask people that have inside information, they don't know. Nobody knows right now. The only person that knows is Paul George. And honestly, he may not know right now. And so trying to determine what's going to happen inside someone's brain in the future 
is impossible. <laughs> and so you may guess right. Like we may guess right saying that he's going to come back and do a one plus one. Or people may guess right to say he's going to go play for the Lakers. Nobody knows, though, at this point. And that's just kind of the reality of all this. Um, okay, you want to go on to some Twitter questions? Yeah. Uh, do it. First question is from at Lester Freeman. Would you eat nothing but Sonic for one year to guarantee Paul George's return? Um, do you have Sonic in Portland? Um, I don't know because I would never look for it. <laughs> okay, well, let's just say that you did have Sonic in Portland. Would you do it? Uh, only if it's possible to survive on an all-liquid diet. Oh, if I if, if I didn't actually have to eat their food, uh, maybe. Wow, I do I do I am not a fan of Sonic. You're that down on Sonic? I, I mean, I obviously yes, I would do it. Uh, really you would do it every meal i mean i would make the sacrifice yes i'd make the sacrifice to eat a sonic you sure, like what you would normally get for breakfast lunch and dinner uh oh no sorry I, it would not be oh, okay. i mean it, my diet would drastically change and i would probably gain a lot of weight and it would be kind of awkward to be around me because you'd know that i was the guy that allowed Paul George to come back, but I was also getting fat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Sonic is not good, though. I'm not a fan of Sonic. You know what I am a fan of, though? Uh, uh, The the press. The press, yes. You got to go eat at the press. So before the draft party, I went to the press and got some food to go um, and ate it at the draft party. And I had the veggie burger recommended to me. Now, I've maybe eaten one other veggie burger in my whole life. And to be honest, I was not excited to eat this veggie burger. Then I took one bite and I was, I was blown away. I was, it was it just knocked my socks off. It was so good. So I got the veggie burger and I got the mac and cheese with it as a side. And it was just Unbelievable. So if you're looking for a veggie burger or if you're looking to be, if you're looking for your mind to be changed about veggie burgers, you've got to go get the one at the press. You can obviously still get anything with mac and cheese. Their salads are good. They have a chicken fried steak that's amazing. Uh, Their beers and cocktails are great. The restaurant itself is amazing. But for real, this veggie burger is unbelievable. You won't even know that you're eating a veggie burger. It's just so good. So go get the veggie burger and become a believer. Eat at the press. Uh, support the people that support us and eat there, please. Uh, let's move on to our next question. It is from at Bangelope. How sad are you for the guy who predicted Luca to Sacramento? This is so. This is a big one for us because we talked about the uh, the prophecy here on the podcast yeah. quite a bit, and I I believed it. I thought they're just going to take him. And we're all gonna. Everyone's gonna be surprised, but the people that believed in the prophecy, but they didn't do it. Uh, yeah, I went and checked, and he, he has definitely deleted his account. He is. Uh, oh, really? No longer. Yeah, no longer on Reddit. Wow. Uh, but it's just incredibly bad luck. I mean, first he he got all the hardest parts right. It feels like like he picked the Kings to lose the coin flip. 
which there was a 50% chance of that. He picked the Kings specifically to move up to number two. There was only a 6% chance of that happening. He had to predict that Luca would not go first way before anyone was really expecting that to happen. So to get all of those things right and then have the Kings just screw it up for him, you know, you just, you, you feel for the guy. That's so his, Kings. It, it's his so prophecy kings. went like 90% of the way there. Yeah. And then the Kings just screwed him. And, and the fact that they had all that Shaka stuff, I know you read that article, mm-hmm. the Shaka emoji. I mean, it was really building up. I was really convinced that the prophecy was going to come through despite all of the draft express intel, but it, you just feel for the guy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think Bagley will be good, but it's still a disappointing pick if you're, especially if you're a Kings fan. Because I just think Luca would be really fun. There's, I mean, there is a world where Marvin Bagley is better than Luka Doncic. Like there, that does exist. Um, but to have a six eight guy that can handle and shoot and pass, like I mean, you just, I don't know why you wouldn't rather have that guy. Those guys are way more difficult to find than a big that can score. And so, and there's huge question marks about Bagley as a defensive player. And if he can be a defensive player. And score, you know, put up twenty and ten. Then they probably made the right choice. But if he's just a twenty and ten guy that won't be able to defend, then you know they're going to regret passing on Luca uh, for years yeah, I mean, to come. They could totally, you know, Bagley could totally turn out great. But the idea that anyone's giving Vlade or Vivek the benefit of the doubt right now is oh. just crazy to me. Like they do not deserve it. No, uh, Zach Lowe was talking about, it, and I think he's right that that Vlade trade to Philly it might be the worst trade in NBA history, the one where he gave up the unprotected first round pick, yeah, uh, so that they could get the cap space to sign Rondo and Bellinelli. That's um, bad. Yeah. So I I just didn't like the pick just from the sense that I feel like it reinforces that this Kings front office is the still the same. And that, that did not change my opinion when at the press conference he said that Bagley could play anywhere from the three to the five. Yeah, that was not encouraging. There's just bad signs. And it's like this team hasn't changed, have they? Like this is <laughs> like they're basically just drafting guys who want to come there. And and those guys may end up being good players. So that that'd be great. But it feels like they're putting way too much stock on just if they are willing to play in Sacramento. Right. Yeah, it's 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 bad i just feel bad for king's fans just because like they just can't get out of this muck like they just can't do it and i saw a report last night that they're interested in uh jabari parker no and it's like why where where are you gonna play him with bagley and and uh what, what's the guy they got last year well they got De'Aaron fox no but the guy at 20 the big guy that was injured i've already forgot his name harry giles yeah yeah like, whatever that would I mean, be three power forward young guys yeah. and they're also interested is interested in uh hazonia <laughs> they're gonna get somebody this summer too just because they have money to spend and it's it will. It's, it's gonna be weird uh at our warren beck wants to talk more about mellow now that he's opted in what are the realistic options besides running an iso mellow offense next season so what are your if you had an ideal mellow situation, what would yours be? Like in terms of him leaving or staying or trading? Any possibility. Now that we know for sure that he's opted in, what's the ideal scenario for you? 
I think ideal scenario for me would be if they traded him for depth. Yeah. Assuming that the front office is willing to take on longer money. Um, that would, that would get me most excited because I just feel like the idea of bringing him back and expecting him to just go back to what he was doing last year, but just do it better isn't realistic. It could happen, but it doesn't feel realistic right now. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy, but I still feel like the ideal scenario and for a few, this is for a few reasons, not just on the court, but I think him coming back, playing the role he did before and playing less minutes and being the guy that anchors the bench. Uh, because Paul just was really bad. And, you know, like we want Paul George to come back and we think he's awesome and everything, but he was horrible with the bench. I mean, those lineups were all terrible. And so I think that he could benefit from just playing with Russell more. And I think that Melo could benefit from just being a creator a little bit more off the bench. And so if he's playing like 20 to 25 minutes a game starting, but being the first sub out playing most of his minutes with the bench and closing some games, but not all. And then the Thunder have the cap relief after the season when he comes off the books. And if things go well and they make the second round or they go to the conference finals or something crazy and Melo's a part of that, then he might be willing to come back for less. I think ultimately that's a good thing for the Thunder uh, just because you get the cap relief and you get what could be a useful player. I mean, a lot of people just like to define things as either good or bad. And obviously Melo goes into the bad column when it comes to NBA Twitter, but I still feel like he could be effective, but in just a lesser role. And if he's willing to accept that, then I think that's the best case scenario for the Thunder. And he was good with the bench. Go go look up the data yourself on Melo with the bench. It was good. And so, and that starting lineup with Robertson was good. And so, I, I, yeah, but the, I, the the thing you said on the dream team was that the the big the big problem is still that you can't take him out at the end of games. Yeah, and that's that's a part I, of my contingency I, is that. And I agree with you because I I don't see how that changes either. Yeah, it, and it maybe it doesn't. In which case, if you have to play him at the end of games, it doesn't kill you in every single game. Um, but in the big ones, yeah. And in the playoffs, yeah. And so my best case scenario is based on that contingency that he understands that he can't finish every single game. And if he's, if he's not willing to do that, then a trade is the best option. So, but I still think if he's willing to accept something of a reduced role, uh, that's, I think that would be ideal just because you get the, the major cap relief after the season. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Caleb underscore Jones underscore PG said that he wants a front office that he can trust to continuously build a contender with guys that want to win. Does it bother you? The Thunder don't have a path to add more of those type of players. Whereas the Lakers have flexibility to add. Does it bother you? Um, listen, if Paul George wants to go to a contender, then he should go to Houston, Golden State, or the Eastern Conference. Yeah. If he's not going to one of those three places, then he's probably not going to be on a contender at least next season. Um, so he, he wouldn't be on a contender until at the earliest the following season, and still things would have to go right there. 
you know, with it, assuming he like went to LA and Kawhi came next summer or something. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I know that he wants to win and he, he made that and his family made that apparent in his little ESPN thing. Um, but I, unless he's going to one of those three scenarios, I don't, I don't see it. Like he, if he wants to be a contender, he should go to Philly who had, who, if LeBron leaves would have a clear shot other than Boston, it would just be them in Boston. Um, going to LA or staying in OKC, I don't think they're going to be contenders. So I don't know. It's just all about LeBron from here. You know, yeah. if LeBron decides to go to LA, I still wouldn't pick them to beat the Warriors and they're in the same division as the Warriors. Like, I just don't love the situation uh, for either of them to finish their careers there. Um, if they're looking to, to win a championship, like you, I just feel like that Warriors team left a lot on the table and still, you know, swept the finals. And so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't be optimistic if I'm a Lakers fan at that point of winning a title. Um, but if the Lakers, if LeBron decides to stay in Cleveland or he decides to go East somewhere, I mean, Paul George is just going to have to, either want to stay with Russ or he just wants to be a Laker and they may have the flexibility, but flexibility doesn't always equal superstars and superstars are hard to get. And the, what the thunder do have going for them is that they already have Russell. And I just have a hard time believing that he would go to the Lakers if LeBron decided to do something else. And so, yeah, because that team, like they have the, I mean, everybody like, oh, we love flexibility, young players, draft picks. We love all these things. And it's just like, at some point, those things have to become superstars or else they're not everything that you dream they could be. Yeah, they have the possibility of becoming those things. But, you know, the, the Pelicans aren't in any hurry to deal Anthony Davis. I think if that, if that was on the table, if Davis was on the table, then I would say, yeah. Like they, they have the ability because a team with LeBron, Paul George, Anthony Davis, like, wow, like that team could beat the Warriors. Like they really could. Uh, but Anthony Davis isn't out there. They're, they're in no hurry. They had a successful playoffs for what they wanted to do. They swept the first round. They had to play the Warriors in the second round. They probably aren't, aren't under any illusions that they could have beaten them, but a team could be better next year. The Pelicans aren't dealing Anthony Davis. And, you know, all indications are that the Spurs aren't willing to deal Kawhi Leonard right now. And something that Royce referred to on the Dream Team yesterday is that maybe a part of Kawhi to the Lakers thing is that they have just gotten so many indications that Paul George isn't going to go there. And so they're trying to swing something in order to lure LeBron at that point. And Ryan Vasillo said yesterday that Maybe LeBron's not the first uh, to choose where to go. Because all along, we've kind of assumed, like, wherever LeBron chooses, that will impact what Paul George does. And there's been indications around the league that it's the opposite right now. That Paul George might be the first shoe to drop, whether it's to the Lakers or to OKC or... I mean, Philly seems like a long shot at this point for everybody. Everybody seems to have dropped them out of the conversation. I would still guess that they'd be in the conversation for a few of these guys still but they seem like a longer shot right now than before for what reason i'm not really sure um but i I just think that it's an interesting scenario i mean yeah you can look at the flexibility the lakers have but 
the Lakers could come up empty handed this offseason, in which case it's not the worst thing in the world. You have these young players that can develop and you can stay off of the timeline of the Warriors. Like, I don't know why any team is really just super jacked to be on the same timeline as the Golden State Warriors right now, who, I mean, we don't know when this is all going to be over. I mean, it could be two years. It could be four, five. Like, we don't know. We have no clue. And you want to put yourself on the same timeline as the Warriors. Like, I just don't, I don't think that's the most favorable thing to do. And if I'm a Lakers fan, I wouldn't hate just keeping our young core moving forward and seeing what happens because I don't think that's the worst option in the world. Um, can we do the, can we do the one about uh, Austin rivers? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and read it. Uh, it's from at Warner West Two. is Austin rivers, the needle moving athletic center that Washington needed to be truly great. Uh, I just, I, <laughs> that was a good question. I just wanted to talk about that trade. Yeah. So the Clippers traded Austin Rivers to the Washington Wizards for Martin Gortat. Um, and I really like it, the Wizards. Uh, oh, for a couple of reasons. Oh, yeah, go for it. For a couple of reasons. One, I actually think Austin Rivers is good. He shot 38% from three on six attempts per game last year, averaged yeah. four assists per game. He's a good defender. Like he, he kind of fits the profile of the gunner off the bench for several reasons. But I think the thing that makes him that stands apart is that he actually is decent at defense. He's not going to kill you on that end. Um, he was I thought he was really impressive with a Clippers team that had a ton of injuries and was fighting for playoffs for a lot of the year. Um, and he had issues of his own. I think he, he had a concussion or something. He was out a few games. Um, so I like the idea of adding Rivers, one, because he's pretty good. And also because Washington's bench has been an issue for a while. Mm-hmm. And now you look at their guards, like they have wall, Beal, Sadaransky, Austin rivers, and then you have Porter and Ubre. So I feel like their one through three is pretty good. Um, and by trading Gortat, they now like open themselves up to this center market this summer, which I think they're going to be able to get a decent center for pretty cheap. Cause you have guys like Alex Lynn or Aaron Baines or Nerlens Noel, Kylo Quinn, uh, even like maybe Brooke Lopez. And then there's always the sign and trade options for either DeAndre or Boogie. I still kind of like the idea of doing the sign and trade, the Porter uh, for Boogie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's realistic or not. I kind of like it for both sides, although I am still worried about Boogie. But yeah, I just thought it made a lot of sense. Now, I will say I would be way more excited for this trade if the Wiz had taken drafted uh, had drafted Robert Williams in the first round. Yeah, then it would be like, say, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, I was going to say the Troy Brown pick is like less inspiring after that trade. Just right. Yeah. I, I wasn't a huge Troy Brown guy to start with. Even like Zaire Smith. Like, why don't you take Zaire Smith over Troy? Yeah. I don't know. I just, and yeah, the Robert Williams thing made a ton of sense um, for them as well. And I know he fell. I mean, 12 picks later, he fell. Um, and probably for good reason. But. Like he's at least interesting as a rim running center. Um, whereas Troy Brown, I mean, he's super young. We don't really know what he's going to be. He ended up, he could end up being really good, but obviously they don't have a lot of faith in him to play this season. Um, and then I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you get it from, do you like it from the Clippers side? I mean, it, everyone seems to think, be thinking that this is a prelude to a Deandre Jordan trade. Um, it seems I, like I don't know. It. I don't know. I mean, you're just trading expiring contracts and right. 
you know, they have a lot of guards. I mean, maybe they, they do have a ton of guards. I mean, I think that they want to make room for Shea Gilders Alexander and kind of want to see what he can do. And so if you have Austin Rivers there <clears throat> and everybody's healthy, like there's no room for him to play. And so I think it's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much Austin really meant to that team. And I don't know about, I mean, Gortat, if they do deal DeAndre or if he leaves, then I think that it means, um, I think it means it's, it's fine. It's a good move. He's a fine center in this NBA. You know, if they want to be fighting for the eighth seed, then it's fine, you know, and you still end up with the same result next summer is that the contract expires and you can go do something else. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I don't think it moves the needle for either team all that much, to be honest, but it's, it's a cool, it's cool that we had a trade. It's cool that that happened. It was very cool. <laughs> Uh, Sam Presti, okay. Uh, Sam Presti wants to know something about his own roster. Uh, more likely to be on the roster next year, Abrinas or Ferguson? Ferguson. Yeah, I think Ferguson for several reasons. One is he doesn't get paid as much, and I think that his ceiling is higher than what Abrinas is. I think Abrinas is obviously a better player than what Ferguson is today, but. He's their only upside young player. I was looking at their roster the other day. I mean, Jeremy Grant is like the next one up, and he's 23, going to be 24 at the end of next season. Like, Ferguson is 19. There's no one below 23 years old on this team that you're really excited about other than him. What about Diallo, man? You don't believe in Diallo? (laughs) No, I don't, Andrew. (laughs) Wow. Oh, how about that? Uh, Mello or Tupat? More likely uh, to be on the roster. Now, I honestly feel like it's mellow. I, I know. I feel like it's mellow. I feel like they'll both be there. Everybody's, I do too. Everybody thinks like, oh, they're going to... I mean, after the dunked on mock um, offseason, people just think that like the Thunder are going to just dump players for nothing. Right. And it's just like, okay. The Thunder don't have a lot of ways to improve as a roster. And if they if things happen like they think will happen is that Paul George comes back, they're certainly not trading away players that can help this team right now for nothing. Like that's just not gonna happen. And so yeah. the Thunder want to be better. They want to get better. They think that they're a lot closer than really any NBA fan would think they are to actually doing something. And so I, I I still think that the answer to this question is who's more likely to be on the roster next year is Patrick Patterson. And so I think that there's more of a chance because Patterson doesn't make that much money. I still think that there's a chance that Melo gets bought out and that things go a different direction where he gets traded. I still think that that's certainly possible. Uh, let's see. Uh, ben Vance wants to know who we're watching for the summer of internal internal development. Is there anybody uh, outside of Ferguson? Yeah, no, I put Grant Adams and Abrinas just because they're the next youngest on the team. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're still only twenty four. Adams and Abrinas. Yeah, that that was actually the question that made me like look at their roster and realize there's just not a lot of young talent down the pipeline. Yeah, I, and it. 
I don't know yeah, that don't you know. should be so dismissive of Diallo. I think that the Thunder, he's been on the Thunder radar for a long time. And Kentucky was not the best situation for him. And, you know, he's young, crazy athletic. I think that he's somebody that, especially if he makes the roster, which I don't think is out of the question, that he's somebody to watch out for uh, this summer and then during the season, certainly, as somebody that can maybe contribute something down the road for the Thunder. Uh, you love him. I, I, I just think that he's, he could be a guy. Like he really could be. He has all the physical tools to do it. And, you know, it's, he's a typical thunder guy that has the athleticism and not a lot else, but that's the way that Jeremy Grant was when he came to this team. Like nobody knew what he was. And people were like, well, he's a Robertson replacement. And it's like, well, a year later he's playing backup center. <laughs> like we just don't even, like no one even knew what he was going to be. And I think if anything, this Thunder coaching staff has actually been good at developing players and figuring out what they're good at and having them go out and do it. And so what they did with Jeremy Grant was really good. I think the development that Terrence Ferguson had over the season was really impressive. And so I just am a little bit excited as to what they could do with a kind of a blank slate athlete like Diallo and see if they can get him to be a more consistent shooter as in like he shoots the way the same way every time gets his feet planted has a more compact jumper um, because it was pretty wild at Kentucky. Uh, I just think that there's ways to improve him as a player. And I think this coaching staff is actually suited for that. Uh, Bangelup wants to know what, the, what's the best starburst flavor? Pink. Yeah, I'm a pink or uh, or a red guy. Yeah. What is pink? Do you know the flavor? Strawberry. Oh, okay. That's yeah. my favorite uh, flavor ice oh, flavor okay. as well. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Strawberry's good. Um, let's see. Uh, Josh underscore Morrison wants to know if either of us are a licensed or unlicensed therapist. No. <laughs> No, no, I'm. Uh, we're we are neither of those two things. Uh, we had a lot of questions from you guys. There's a lot of things that we probably can't answer or answer very well. So uh, uh, do do thunder cults in there? Okay, um, let me find it. Okay. Oh, did you do one? <laughs> yeah, you did. Write your best pitch and pick an OKC area celebrity who will read it. This is from at Thunder Colts with the U as a V. All right. Here we go. I get down. I sit in a room with Paul, just me and him. Uh, I say, Paul, it's really simple. Andre Robertson is the single greatest player in NBA history. He can, de- he can defend, but also he can defend. And in addition to all, all that, the guy can defend Paul. Okay. You saw what this team was capable of for literally a couple of weeks in December and January when we were the greatest basketball team ever, except for those losses to future lottery teams, Brooklyn, New York Knicks, Dallas, and Phoenix during that stretch. So why not bet the prime of your career on that brief moment in history and on a city you'd previously had no connection to or any desire to play for? Pretty convincing, huh? Wow. That's like the anti Paul George take <laughs> the complete anti the complete 
<laughs> Paul George, you should not stay here. Take. <laughs> I think he really does uh, love and, uh, Russell. Carrie Underwood is my. Uh... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> would she sing it? Would you put it to a tune? Yeah, her and Reba. It would be a duet. Ooh, you should you should have Garth in there too. Uh, I'd rather get a uh, Chris Gaines. <laughs> we we could get a Chris Gaines. He's an Oklahoma native. Um, I mean, honestly, he really is drawn to Russell, and to me, that's the best chance that the, the Thunder has to keep Paul. Is that Russell can lure him back, and that he believes in Russell Westbrook. I mean, the dude won the MVP last season. He had a way better speech than what James Harden did. I just think that 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 is not anything. And a lot of people love to just write off Russell Westbrook and already like go ahead and like say the Thunder should regret giving him that contract. They need to trade him away. Blah blah blah. Like Russell Westbrook is still an incredible NBA player. I mean, he is probably in the minds of almost everybody a top ten NBA player, and then higher for some of people. I just don't think that that's nothing. And a lot of people just completely dismiss it because Kevin Durant decided to leave him. And I just don't think it's going to be as easy to dismiss uh, for Paul George. Also because like, if, the, if Paul George had the chance to go to a team like the Warriors, then I think he'd be way more worried. Um, but the fact is that there's not that situation out there. There's not the 73-win team that has the cap space that can add somebody like a Paul George and go and win titles. There's no guaranteed title out there because of the Warriors. And so I think that playing with Russell is appealing to him. And I think that's why you hear all these rumors that he's considering staying is because Russell Westbrook is still an awesome NBA player. And so I I just think that people are really quick to dismiss that, which is a little bit crazy to me. Um, and obviously my pitch was a joke, but I have been thinking like bigger picture, really just thinking back on this year and thinking of how draining it was as a fan to watch this team. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm just amazed that he still is like seriously considering coming back because this was such a frustrating season. And I, I just don't feel like there was enough there on the basketball court to convince me that like, Oh yeah, we've got something really going here. I mean, yes, there were these stretches, but like, I really feel like we've built up those stretches in our head. When you go back and actually like, look at the game logs, like there were still so many frustrating, awful games mixed in there. And like this team really was only on a roll for like two weeks solid. And that was in December. And then, then they, they had good games. Obviously they, they would be, you know, Houston or they'd be golden state. Um, but they just have like these awful losses. And so I'm just, I mean, it's amazing. It's awesome for the thunder that he is seriously considering them because it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me at this point when I look back at this season, but which, obviously their culture plays a huge role. And like you said, Westbrook yeah. plays a huge role. Yeah. Which almost gives me like more optimism because if you're still considering this team and like no one would blame him. Like if the season ended and he went to exit interviews and he said, you know what? This just didn't go like I thought it would. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to meet with my family. I'm going to meet with my representatives. And then we'll see what happens. And like, if that's all he said, I think everyone would be like, yeah, like we, we get it. We get it. But then he said all this positive stuff about the thunder and you're like, huh? Well, maybe there's actual hope for him to stay. 
just because the way the season ended, it was not good. It was not even close to what the expectations were. The team didn't meet the expectations. I thought the coaching staff did not do a good job the second half of the season when Dre went down. Um, and you would it, it would be nice to have seen like what does that team look like and how do they progress if Dre is there, but they didn't have that option. And so it, I mean, there is some intrigue with this team still. I mean, I don't think that you should completely squash the fact that they could be similar to what the Rockets were if they can keep their team together and if they can get a healthy Dre and if they can not start the season eight and tw- or eight and twenty or whatever they did eight and twelve. I mean, it was just not good. I mean, they they were not good to start, but then they started to get together, and then an injury would happen, and the depth that they had was just not good enough. And so you just have to wonder what what a second try could look like because I, I, they obviously have more of an idea of what they want to do out of the gate than they would have last year. And so if they are to bring this team back, I mean, I would pick them to win 50-plus games, especially if they can stay healthy pretty easily. So uh, it'll be interesting. Alex, the next time we talk on the podcast next week will be next Wednesday. And we'll be into, into free agency. Uh, you feel nervous? Are you feeling nervous about this? Yes, I am. I know. We'll have we'll have two ESPN specials to dissect. <laughs> two two full specials. Hopefully, we may not have this. We may not have the third yet because it will happen after he makes a decision. Next Wednesday is July fourth, and so. If we have any indication of what happens on July 4th in the NBA is that some NBA players are going to ruin some fan bases 4th of July is what happens every single year. Yeah, well, hopefully he's nice enough. Paul seems like he's nice enough where he he wouldn't wait till July 4th if he's going to leave. Yeah, I mean, it would not shock me if we heard something July 1st. That would be great. I would love that. It's a Sunday. It'd be very we can just relax and do free agency stuff. It'd be very nice. I think that that's a sincere possibility that we know something pretty quickly. And if not, then it will take a few days and we may have to see LeBron do something first, in which case it could be a week, maybe more. And so we might be dissecting more rumors and more breadcrumbs next week, which I hope we're not but it's possible. Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. Follow Alex on Twitter at Al baby cakes. Uh, he's just a great follow. If you love the NBA and you love the thunder and I have no reason to believe you don't like both those things. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, follow me at Andrew K Schlecht. You can follow our show at down to dunk, continue to leave five star iTunes reviews. We're getting really close to 500 reviews on iTunes, which is a great, cool, arbitrary number. If you guys could help us get there, that would be helpful. All you have to do is go to your phone. If you have an iPhone, go to the podcast app, search down to dunk, leave us a five-star review. It's very simple. Uh, You can do it from your computer as well. If you have iTunes, uh, it would just mean a lot to us. So it's a free way to help us out. Obviously, if you want to help us out and also help yourself out, go eat at the press uh, today. I plan to go with a big group. It's a great big restaurant. Uh, they're just incredible. So go check out the press. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, and try not to stress out too much, Thunder fans. Free agency is almost upon us. It's going to be another crazy summer for the Thunder. Hope it works out in our favor. But uh, we'll be here 
to cover it either way. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.